Hello, everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house. This is episode 43. I'm Jackson. I'm Joe by M. It's time for Beach House. It's summer. We're here. We're chilling by the pool. I guess it's a beach. There's probably a pool at the beach house and the beach. It's a fancy beach house. <laughs> My uncle owns the whole beach. It's a private beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we are joined by Rick. Hello. Hey, Rick. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. And uh, Rick. With comics. Yeah, with comics. What have you brought for us to read this time? It's a short one. I brought Domu. Uh, a Child Dream, which is the f- the second published but first release comic, uh, like volume by uh, K- Katsuhiro Otomo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Otomo, famous for being the guy what made Akira. Um, but, uh, you know, we haven't read that because we're uh, uncultured. We've only seen the movie which neither of us liked that much. So I was like, I'm down to read, because I always wanted to read Akira, but this is one volume and you wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, we'll do it. So I saw Akira the first time when I was 16. That's about when I saw it. I didn't like it very much. I was like, uh, it looks great, but like, it's boring. <laughs> uh, it was the opposite for me. It was one of those movies that's like, you see it at that age and it's like, yeah, I'm never going to forget this. And it's just always in the back of my head in some, in some way. I wish I felt that way about Akira. Um, it's also it's like, like that time. Do you, remember, do you remember that time that it was like, you could HGTP download like movies before, no. like right before the internet changed. No, I, I went from, I like, I went from dial up directly to torrents basically. And like peer to peer stuff. So we had cable, like right in that air, like that few like year when you could just download movies off of like people's websites. Sick. So that's how I got into anime uh, the first time. The, the brief period before, like, they cottoned on to what they had on those internets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't even like, have to hide them on torrents, so they're just there. I was downloading music via peer to, like, like Kazaa and Napster and stuff back in the day, but that was on dial-up, so I couldn't get anything more than uh, a music. Like, I was getting I was getting an album, it was an ordeal that took days. <laughs> I remember discovering LimeWire in, like, 2004. <laughs> This was Which this is was so late. Yeah, this was like late '90s, early aughts. I guess probably probably early aughts would be my guess. But mm-hmm. I definitely had downloaded music in junior high, which would have been late '90s. So very that's late early. Because I had to find early. the Final Fantasy soundtracks because I didn't I have say. eighty dollars <laughs> to import them. They didn't actually Fair release enough. the Final Fantasy like seven and eight soundtracks for a while here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, people, that, that that's how all the, everyone knows the other names. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So do you want some history for this book? Absolutely. I do, I do. So uh, Otomo first came out in America uh, in the mid-80s from Marvel Comics, actually, through their epic imprint. It was uh, fully colorized, fully flipped, all by Otomo's blessing. And actually, it looks incredible, and it's... The version is not in print anymore, and if you can find it online, you should read that one too because it looks amazing. I'm googling it right now, see if I can find Domu Colorized. Wait, the cut? Co- there's a cut co- because this is this yeah, yeah. is this is flipped. It started in Marvel, flipped, colored, full colored. I need I need to see because this is flipped, but it was also like I um there was one bit where someone like sings Go Go Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm like. <"Ha." laughs> Uh, in the future when we do this i'm going to bring up this more because i think the coloring job is actually impeccable because i know that like uh, akira is also flipped in a way that like a lot of uh manga it's, cur- it's re- actually recently un- they flipped it back oh they flipped it back the most I, recent release is right to left i didn't know what the um 
there's three different versions you can read of this comic <laughs> of that okay. comic <laughs> i know what a time starts on it is personally um, yeah yeah but I get the. I, I'm more sympathetic to flipping to some people. I think it's fine to read right to left, but I, I understand why some people are like, you know. I don't think it's as sacrilegious as some people think flipping is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I cannot and- find. I cannot find panels of this colorized online. Googling it real quick. Oh, just put in like epic, uh, Marvel Acura. I think that should bring up something. Is it Acura or Domo? Yeah, because I want Acura. I want a Domo specifically. Oh, you oh no! Don't 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 just this one. Don't just this one printing. Okay. I was talking about Acura first. Okay. That was the oh, one that, like, hit. yeah, this Acura one, right? Because it's got coloring, colorizing from the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks sick. Yes, I've seen colorized Acura, and it does look very cool. And it's like nine hundred dollars to get all of it together God. these days. But it's not like when you see fucking like colorized JoJo, where it's drawn in the eighties, but they've colorized it three years ago or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it looks terrible. All like so, digital redrawn um it's like the redrawn killing joke stuff. It looks awful. The funniest part about that comic is that at the end of those Marvel issues they had pages left, so they just got Marvel people to make new Acura material. Oh incredible. That's amazing. There's like short stories by like I think one was by Warren Ellis, which kind of fucking sucks. Which really sucks actually now thinking about. It. But yeah, there's like weird stuff in the back of those books. Anyways, um so then the movie hits and both of those completely blow up. They're both both of their industries in over here, mm-hmm. and then Dark Horse goes and gets this one, which came out in eighty two original or eighty one originally, and then it won a huge um, or the big like um, Japanese uh, science fiction award, yeah, and got a lot of people mad at it because it was a comic mm-hmm. and not a book. <laughs> every then, every science fiction award does this like every three years and it's always funny to me if you're wondering why uh it was the first one and not tezuka's because it only started in like 80 i think so okay. they didn't have that many years going also i was gonna say like how'd they uh-huh. get this far without you know getting some tezuka in there no least. it was a more recent thing they gave him an award later mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the and nihon then sf taisho award yeah this thing sold so many copies and basically didn't it was his first book that wasn't um, just like twenty-page shorts in like magazines. Okay. And then the next one after this was Akira, and the rest is. Oh, and he went to uh, Gamera Two: Attack of Legion one in '96. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Beach House. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah. I think we talked about that at the time. <laughs> the year after that, it split between uh, Gamote Jiken and Evangelion. So there you go. What the fuck is Gamate Jiken? I don't know. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. The and two then, path, the path untaken. <laughs> and then the nineties, Dark Horse died. Dark Horse got the license for all the Tomo stuff, and then they put out Akira, and they put out this for the first time in English. Okay, as three issues, and then as a collection. And it's been out of print ever since. Damn. And then Kodansha got the license, like in the two thousand sometime, and then they're. They announced the thing in 2019 doing all Wotomo's comics, and then 2020 happened. Mm. And oh, they're damn. kind of. Oh, right. Kind I remember like, that big announcement. Right, right, right. They're kind of on the back burner. Yeah. They announced it 2021. They announced it this year again for like Japan, but I don't know about the rest of the world. Mm hmm. Uh, I will look into that when it arrives, if it does. Yeah. And that brings us to this book. Yeah. Which also, the thing about this book is the last time I read it was before. I like everyone else got into just King things. This book is a Stephen King book. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. really is a Stephen King book. 
<laughs> and I could not stop thinking about that while reading it this time because I've been listening to that podcast a lot. Except in the Stephen King version, there'd be like 12 chapters of explaining why the psychic thing works like it does. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sure. <laughs> um, but yes, this is just... This is a Stephen King book if it was in a Japanese apartment complex in the 80s. I guess I can briefly summarize um, the book, because we haven't done that. So, this manga is about a uh, a, a tower, uh, like an apartment complex called the Tsutsumi Housing Complex, and uh, there's been a rash of mysterious suicides, and the police are investigating, because this, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but you picked a sad cop comic to get us into Otomo. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was part of it, for sure. <laughs> um, and so they're investigating, and the thing that they've found is that, like, there's something missing uh from everyone seemingly who's died or whatever um and they always jump on the roof but the roof's always locked and so and it's been rusted shut and like i don't know what's going on or whatever and they're interviewing everyone and it seems like just kind of a place where there's like drama going like going on always like the undercurrent of an apart like a, a apartment block is all is a microcosm for like urban living in which everyone kind of knows each other, but distrust each other in like a modern malaise. Um, but uh, as everyone knows everyone's business, also the kids are going around and there is a new girl here. Uh, what is her name? Etsuko. Um, Etsuko. Etsuko. And she seems like a special child because she senses a strange malevolence coming from an old man and, uh, named what's his name why I, old show uh, old show and he's someone who just sits there and everyone's like oh he's seen out whatever he has the mind of a child um and it is the book tips off very clearly that he is the person doing all this stuff um with his psychic powers and she is trying to defeat him and the police are trying to figure out what the hell's going on and they kind of figure it out but not in time to stop them having a big fuck off psychic fight that like levels the apartment complex um, it's kind of like in akira <laughs> <laughs> What if you took that and then smushed it into one apartment complex? <laughs> one apartment complex, yeah. Just like these two people having their massive psychic battle. Yes. Um, and then, so she the, she defeats him with the help of uh, this, like, giant guy with, like, a mind of a child, problematic uh, media depiction, stock character, little yo, and he helps. And uh, they're able to defeat him. And then... Um, Esco disappears and no one knows what happened. And that's the end of... Uh, that's the end of the mo- the book, the movie. Um, well, it's exactly like, the they have the big fight, and then uh, everything settles down, and it's like yes. a day later, and the cop come, young detective. <laughs> I think it's like a month later, actually. He's like summertime at that point. Oh yeah, yeah right. It's, it's summertime, and the young detective shows like comes back. He's trying to like actually figure out what happened because there was a massive explosion. You know, all the, the gas exploded. It was a huge deal. Loads of people died, um, and he gets so close, and then like. They, Etsuko and Old Cho basically end it by having a invisible psychic battle from across two sides of a playground where this cop's standing in the middle and he notices like something, but it's too late and Old Cho dies. And, and she, she teleports just, away. She, she teleports away and Young Detective cannot figure out the secrets beyond the mortal realm that we are not to know. It's a fucking incredible ending. <laughs> I loved it. I love this book so much. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, it's really good. Also, I was reading this. I was like, everyone who said Chronicle was Akira is wrong. It's this because like that final fight is just this apartment complex battle, like straight up. 
Well, the, the thing, I mean, this is a Chronicle Discourse is a thing that I assume some people of our audience will remember. Cause, yes. You know, but not, not the younger ones among you have not thought about Chronicle in six years, but that came out in 2012, was deeply compared to Akira. And uh, it, the, the thing that this is missing that is in both of these is like, um, you know, the uh, uh, rivalry between boys thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the guy in Chronicle and uh, Kanada and Akira are like both hard done by guys who look up to uh these other people but then end up going sicko mode by the end uh with massive psychic consequences um this is a little uh more like these are two elemental unknown powers having a battle and uh etsuko is here to teach old cho that humanity is not uh a toy to be trifled with i'm always saying this i'm always saying this too uh yeah it's uh the, the like enigmaticness of it uh definitely works because if this was like i'm I'm envisioning like the the like the the ring version of this like the movies where they go deep into the backstory with sequels and prequels like where you get oh how did old cho because there's like an implication that old cho's like maybe being like uh there's like some sort of like deep like a like a demon that is like living inside of him like an like an animate like a spirit of like shinto religion uh but etsuko also seems like she's otherworldly like you could easily load this down with backstory and lore that would just tip the whole thing over the edge but instead it's just like a vehicle of under like the the best part of like paranormal stuff in modernity is like characters who are in out over their head brushing up against something that's deadly and unknowable and then realizing that that's just the world the world is deadly and unknowable and i think this this manga captures that really well it reminds me a lot of uh like david cronenberg films like scanner specifically mm-hmm. like in that like this stuff's happening like alongside but it's not given like a lot of like you never know exactly what's happening, but it's just like, yeah, it's like metaphors for like the world and the cruelty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not like this apartment complex is like a sleepy place where everyone got like the underpinning of this place is the like and old show even like seems to express this opinion that like the things that he is doing are manifestations of like the psychic will of the apartment block where like everyone is um like everyone is hate hateful of each other and deep down bears all this resentment and distrust and he is just expressing this thing that he feels in the environment or whatever um and and acting out because like you know you get the the drunkard who like you know slaps his kid around or whatever people who don't trust each other and people who are like you know uh they don't want their kids uh, bad parents or whatever all of the things that you'd have in an apartment block like this Mm -hmm. yes uh like, and the other thing is that uh, this, like, it gives it this close, it's like a lot, it gives a nice map so that as Otomo draws it, it gives you a good picture of every, where everything is as it goes along. Mm-hmm. So when they start flying around the power building at the end of it, it really all bring, brings it together. Yeah, it's cool because, like, you have such, like, a narrow, like, it's not a big space that they are having this enormous fight in, but that only, like increases the the effect of how much destruction is being caused right it's like mm-hmm. um i think of like the the trailer fight in like Kill Bill volume two where they're just tearing apart this tiny trailer and it's filmed like this cataclysmic battle that like is leveling a city and it's not this is like two build like three buildings in a courtyard but it feels like that because of how they have structured the space to be depicted in that way um yeah the the apartment building has like 
not in not even in the metaphysics of the world but it feels like it has boundaries around it like there's a scene incredible scene where he goes and gets the like psychic he's like i'm you know the classic scene in one of these in the movie version where you get the psychic who knows uh what's up and gonna have them investigate the place and she takes one step like into the boundaries of the apartment building and runs away mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck this it's like fuck this no something horrible is happening here and only i can feel it and uh you have to you have to like uh, protect the children and then the young detective's like in with the children the what hang on <laughs> and then it just it goes over his head uh as um the sense of just like this is like a mini world in its own which is like a classic thing for like small like apartment building type stories right of it is it is a different form of the small town movie but for an urban setting mm-hmm. um or book or whatever. Uh, she maybe. she specifically says, "Watch out for the children," and he thinks she means like the this energy of like the ghosts of the kids that live in this apartment. He thinks it's a ghost story and not that it's this battle between these like a, an actual child and a, a man with a mind of a child fighting. Uh, it exactly. has that good like last like twenty page story. He's like, she didn't mean the dead kids. She meant the ki- the kids who were at the apartment and comes back only to find the big battle happening silently in the playground. <laughs> sick it's and like so sick. The, the way the way old show taunts people is also like it it's it, it works like it's very like it's very like playground stuff like when he's like pulling that guy to the roof mm. the first detective who's on the case and he's like like taunting him with all his inner thoughts about what his like colleagues think about him uh the thing that which i was immediately reminded of was shonen bat in paranoia agent which has to be riffing yes. on this comic there's no way it's not it's so oh, direct that yet actually oh, okay um. It does similar things with the uh, like sense of like uh, this uh, malevolent spirit uh, pulling on the um, like guilt of all of the people he is uh, tormenting. Okay. And I feel like this this book is really really good at like port like painting portraits of these like usually very very stock characters, but like very quickly with enough uh, believability to. Uh, like invest in all of them. This is the thing where you're like, oh, this is literally just the Stephen King thing that we've all been listening to just King things about. <laughs> As you see, like, yeah. oh, here's the the drunk guy who like hits his kids, uh, but the kid is like, you know, we like the kid because he hangs out with his other girl. And then there's like the um, you know, there's little Yo who is <laughs> a very problematic character, but I like him a lot because he's you know he's the, the, the oh he's been like assaulting little girl because he's got the mind of a child but he hasn't he literally just has the you know mind of a child he is and uh he plays with the children he's just like a nice big guy uh and has like a very heroic moment at the end it's got all like uh these these stock archetypes that you fill the space with um and they're all captured with enough uh like precision to really work in the short time because this is a very very short like it's like 240 pages or something Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is a very sick fight that goes on for a while. <laughs> yes. The, the other thing I like a lot is that um, it's not, this book isn't entirely like, it's not violent all the time, but when it is violent, it goes from like zero to a hundred in like a page and a half. Yes. It just explodes basically. Yeah. And then it shuts it back down and does it again later. Like it doesn't, it doesn't keep being that it just does it for specific points, like very deliberately. Like the first time when that uh, the guy making models shows up, <laughs> that that scene <laughs> is surprising every time I read the book. Oh yeah, where uh, little our old chum makes him like slit his own throat, and they cut to the police just looking at this like huge spray of blood. They're like, it's, it's like he exploded. <laughs> well, he did. I think. Yeah, I think that's what made him yes, blow up. That, yeah, because that's his like attack on the girl. Yeah, 
is like this girl's finally in opposition like he's just been like toying with his apartment building and playing on all of the like existing tensions in there and killing all these people and stealing all these little things and it is all kept secret by the fact that everyone oh, is here. You know what? You know what these panels, because I'm looking at these panels now. You know what this one plays? He marches at her with a box cutter and like slits his own throat and is like zombified coming at her. And I think it's her, I think it's her reacting that blows him up. She blows yeah, him up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because like later it's, on, it's she like, like starts blowing cuts up. Cuts the fire yeah. in half. Yeah, and you just see, <laughs> it just cuts like after, like she's yelling as he's reaching out to her, and the next panel is like a f- two-page splash of just like the hallway of this apartment where there's just blood like dripping from the ceiling and all, all the banisters and stuff. Uh, it's incredible. And all the cops are standing around looking at like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and, and and at every point of this violence, like even at, like before the book even starts, right? Like these these murders happen and then no one talks about them because what are you going to say? Uh, you can't like just move because then you have to say how someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like a place people are trapped and uh, like deco- social decorum means that everyone will just not talk about the murders and life goes on, uh, especially as like everyone still hates each other. It's not like they're like, looking out for each other's safety. Uh and this like reaches a real peak with this scene right where like there is blood everywhere and then it's still back to normal right which then is taken to a further extreme in the actual fight where like half the buildings explode and then we cut to two weeks later and the kids are playing in the courtyard even before that we have before the fight really kicks off there's the the bit where little yo is fighting the drunk guy who's like been controlled by um old show and it's just like a guy with a gun and an enormous strong man just beating the fuck out of each like he just crushes that guy's head against the wall and it's extremely violent in a way that like the psychic stuff is like depicted very differently because it's not bloody in the same way it is things exploding but this is like human beings doing this to each other before everything blows up um yes i really like that scene because like it is handled there's a lot of stuff going on there right like you're horrified at the level of violence this guy's dad is being like uh, controlled by this spirit Mm. and shooting people uh it's also like this cathartic moment when little yo like stands up and tries to save these kids he can't actually save the guy Mm. um but uh he sure he sure beats the guy who's been abusing him to death right like yes uh and it is it is it is also framed as like a cathartic, like the awful guy has been destroyed moment. I'm very aware of like the actual human violence that that means uh, because it all takes place because uh, the girl who's with them like teleports up to like have the spiritual battle and mm-hmm. so just leaves them to kill each other with their like fists and bullets. Yeah. The thing about Etsuko and Old Cho's fight is that it, it's like bloodless. They they cause destruction around them. Like they're like cratering uh, walls and destroying roofs and the, the entire building comes down eventually. But like they can't, they, they do not physically harm each other. And then that like fireman walks in and she turns around and he immediately gets like split in half and his top half <laughs> Those falls Those three down. panels are so good. Yes. Like, Where it's like, her, it's, it's her screaming and then it's the guy and then it's him looking through at her through his legs. Yes. The part where like the fight <laughs> has been like totally bloodless and then a normal person comes in and is immediately ripped in half is like, that's the thing that's shocking is like the restraint in the battle, even as everything's blowing up, it's like t- totally bloodless. Um, well, I, I think it's not restraint. I think it's that they have. Oh, sure. I, I would but read it as the, per- they have protection from each other. In the design of the comic, like it's restraint to show a thing that's like really yeah, destructive. Yeah, yeah. But like the minute a human walks in, they just explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and that's just good fantastic. pacing not just i saw that panel i'm like holy shit <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that like the uh the right before that actually old cho he hits the wall and then runs along the wall down yes. the same stretch of panels there's so many like jumps between two that are just like incredible like even that fight right before that fight starts with uh 
uh, little yo mm-hmm. uh, there's a panel where Etsko looks at the guy with the gun and then the next panel is him in the wall like back down the hallway yeah there's just so many like jumps between like like look and then reaction it's just like yeah it's perfectly paced mm-hmm. um one of my favorite uh double like two page spreads is the two of them flying upside down or the, the, it's like drawn upside down where like the towers are above them and you see like the courtyard below as they're just flying through the sky it's so good Mm-hmm. Uh, such a great sense of space and stuff. I, I was, yeah, super impressed. I had no idea what I was getting into with this. Cause you told me what it was. I read the back. I'm like, okay, whatever. But damn, I didn't even read the back. So I didn't know like for the first 35 pages, what was actually happening. Well, my, my comic reading, uh, thing, uh, was set to manga. So it, it didn't know how to handle this. <laughs> That's true. My comic thing was also set to manga. I was like, oh wait, this is, this is flipped, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess there is that one other thread, the the old lady Tezuka, who's like walking around with a baby carriage the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's all about, but that's just there. Mm. I feel like this is often like this is also about the ways in which like everyone allows these things to happen through their inaction and permissiveness, right? Like no one's willing to rock the boat because they all have their secrets and they're all living in this place where the the decorum is you don't talk about, you can gossip about other people's problems, but you don't like start shit, you know? Um, that's just what it is to be like in this place. Um, and so you get this woman who like clearly has these issues and is like grieving a child or whatever, um, in this place where everyone's like, Oh, the children get to play in the courtyard and it's nice and safe. And it is clearly not that. And no one says anything, but they definitely all watch and talk about it all the time. Um, that stuff's really good. That, that reminds me, I mean, there's a bit in, you should watch Paranoid Agent is what you should do. There's there's an episode (laughs) of Paranoid Agent just about people gossiping that reminds me a lot of this stuff. And then after the fight, there's that ho- the whole bit where it's just young detective on the case. Love it. Love a young detective. I do love a young detective. <laughs> he is such a young detective because, like, the He's designs... like the archetypal young detective. <laughs> He's the yeah. archetypal young detective, but also like the designs in this book are really distinctive and really varied. Uh, but he just has the the fucking Akira face, the the, yeah. the 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 Canada face. I guess I guess it would be it's the main character from Akira. He just look. He's got like you know the Otomo's protagonist face, but he's not actually the protagonist in, in the way that you might expect from it, right? Because he walks he's like in third like, down the chain. Right, yeah, but you walk. He walks in in that in the first scene he's in, and he's like not important in the scene, but introduced and designed in such a way you're like this guy matters. This guy's going to be a central figure to this book, uh, and he is. But not. He doesn't actually. It never becomes a story about young detective cracking the case. <laughs> he just stands there confused in the playground. Yes. Oh, him. Him at the end, sitting on that bench is so good. Yeah. He's just like, oh, it's spring, <laughs> and then the, the guy. <laughs> Yeah, that whole that 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 scene at the end is actually like what just seals the whole deal. Mm. <laughs> just the panels of her staring at him across the way and him terrified on that bench. Yeah, because it's him like as like his cane shreds and he's resisting, and just shots of her like on the swing set with like the entire building behind her, where she's just incredibly small. It's really good, and he like knows she's like surpassed him basically, mm-hmm. and he's like, um terrified and this the panel is the panels are like drawn with this intensity as it cuts back and forth between them in a way that you would in the other parts of the book like assume will break at some point right will like explode into some kind of actual like action Mm -hmm. and the fact that it doesn't and instead just like he collapses the like trail goes cold she's gone there's no hope for young detective to actually understand it's such a good 
uh, way to uh, like cut to what this uh, story is really good at. Yeah, it's just like, like oh, yeah. just like lamps blowing up or like swing sets twisting. Mm-hmm. That like piece of metal goes across uh, the detective's face and like cuts him. Yeah. Yep. But also, like all the kids are witnessing this and are aware yeah. of what's happening, and just when it's done, they go back to play. Like they don't, like, they don't care. Mummy, that lady's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a weird thing that every like it happens. Everyone feels it, but it, they they have no access to it, right? Like there's no ability to actually get closer, uh, which is like a really nice story. Because like you know, the, their last battle right was affecting everyone. It blew up a ton of children because he did the thing with the like turns on all the gas and all the apartment buildings. Uh, and she like starts blowing open every window to try to like counteract the effect of turning on all the gas in all the apartments. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get to as me- enough of them, and it ends up like killing the children that have come to watch the fight. Yeah, uh, who are all like uh, gathered on the balconies of these uh, apartments. Um, it's a really shocking moment. Mm-hmm. It was a good time going back to this. Uh, I just scrolled down on Wikipedia. In 1999, Adaptation was set up at Touchstone's Pictures with Guillermo del Toro to direct. I'm sad that <laughs> never happened. That would have been sick. Uh, a, a late 90s del Toro one as yeah, well. Yeah, like pre-Hellboy. It would have been... Pre-Hellboy. I don't, want, I don't want post-Hellboy del Toro to do it. I don't think that would work, but pre-Hellboy del Toro? Absolutely. You kidding me? They keep trying to make Otomo things. Yeah. It is actually honestly surprising they haven't managed to pull this off, because like... Um, I you the way in which the you know they talk about manga adaptations now and anime adaptations now uh, would preclude this, but I think you could do a um you know you, you could make a Hollywood version of this right and put it in America and it would have different. The thing functions. everyone would say now is that, like we should make Akira into like a prestige TV show or something like that. Right. Oh God. <laughs> God. <laughs> I I guess they they did back away because um the the uh, the Thor guy what's his name the guy. Which guy? The guy who was making the Kira movie. The, the the guy who did the terrible Hitler movie. Oh, uh Taika Waititi, right? Taika Waititi, yeah, right. He was he was in, about to make one and then oh, ended really? up backing away from it. God. He was literally like about to shoot and then ended up doing the Thor thing and Thor sequel said. They got real close. Um but that also got like hit with, you know, like Akira is a far more like that story's about the bomb. So I don't know how you can translate that to being about like, I don't know, nine eleven or something is what they implied. <laughs> oh, no. Um and that that like that's the worst version of the like uh anime to uh, Hollywood transition. Um But I, I I am surprised that no one in any country has been able to adapt this yet, right? Because I feel like the um the themes are fairly universal. It is, like we say, it is a Stephen King book. There are many books that are just about a small place and things happen that are supernatural and bad, and those things are just representative of the dynamics of the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I it's think actually funny. Like, there was a comic that came out last year called uh, Children of Mootown that's uh, set in one of these apartment complexes, but like in like the 20, like in the modern era, and it's just the same stuff about how it's even more like, like how everything is just, like, just more dilapidated now. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like from like 2007 originally online, and it was all about how like Obama era policies would lead into like some like right wing populist like before that all happened. Oh damn! Because of all the 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 way that yeah, it was like an NGO, like an Obama led NGO coming into these buildings trying to like get them all like beautified. Fantastic for immigrants. Yo. It's a really good book, actually. Children of Mootown is by Glacier Bay Press. Yeah. Okay. I should check that out. Um, but back to this. There, there is actually uh, one other scene um, 
when they're on the roof, there's that one bit, and it only happens once in the whole comic, where the the color swap, where the blacks become white and the whites become black. Oh yes, yes. That bit's really striking. When she's uh, hovering, mm-hmm. and all the lamps go black, and then all all the, the skies all oh, it's beautiful. This 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 book is really beautiful, especially in sense of like, um, is clearly incredible at drawing the space uh filling the space with a sense of place and a feeling like drawing all the trees getting like the specific design of the like 80s clocks and everything uh it's very precisely drawn space which means because it's so precise there are many points where like the panels become abstract and it's just like a face on top of some squares that represent the like balconies of the floors above and Mm -hmm. the way that like the, the 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 comic switches between like really detailed space shedding panels and slightly more abstract like transitional panels that are simplified in the drawing but the simplification is always done with purpose it's not like this is a lazy panel right in the way that like some people like criticize when they don't understand how drawing works yeah Um, no backgrounds bad comic right but there are definitely bits (laughs) in this where like there are no backgrounds right there are pages where you have a couple of background panels and then this panel be on on a white background every time it makes those choices uh they're purposeful and they like focus on these characters because then they'll cut back to another of like emphasizing the space and it's just really really good stuff i don't even want to think about drawing this like from a time perspective <laughs> especially when it gets into like the spectacle stuff Holy oh yeah yeah shit. and then akira is just this for like 2000 pages but that's yep. a lot of assistance too uh, i i can imagine right this like you know these books uh-huh. are produced by staffs uh, well, actually, it's funny. Uh, the Marvel versions of Akira have, because they have full credits, they credit assistance in the back of some of the issues. Oh, great. And, like, Satoshi Kone's on some of them. Oh, sick. That's so good. <laughs> and I think he's talked about, like, never wanting to do that again because it's, like, just drawing, like, windows on buildings about to explode. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, that that's what, like, assistant work is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just the grunt work that the main artist doesn't want to do. Do we have any other thoughts? It's a fairly short book. It is. Uh, yeah, no, nothing else. I just really like this. Damn, manga's good sometimes. Manga is good sometimes. It is. And I'm, I hope that everyone will enjoy continuing on this journey in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next time we're going to be back, uh, in a week and we're going to be watching Gamera 3, uh, Revenge of Iris. Is that what that's called? I don't actually remember what the subtitle is. I think it's Iris. Uh, we've got our friend Casey coming back, um, an Oski article on Twitter to watch that with us. So, uh, look forward to that. I'm really excited because then I can finally watch all the special features that are like, don't watch these. They have spoilers for all three movies on them. Of course they do. <laughs> the first two were so good. This one's going to be great. I love yeah. having Casey on. I'm very, very excited. The poster yeah. for three is actually incredible. Uh, I'm super happy for that. And then uh, two weeks after that, I'm just going to tell you our schedule. Two weeks after that, we're going to be watching um, the second half of the first season of Mystery Inc., the Scooby-Doo show. We're going to have our friend Sniper Serpent back for that. That'll be fun. And then in August, um, we are watching the first, I think, 28 episodes of Common Writer O's. Um, which you can find wherever you find your translated Japanese Toku television. <laughs> I can't Don't tell, tell you where Toei. To get it. Don't tell Toei. <laughs> Don't tell them though. Um, 
Yeah, but um, we'll be watching that, and that'll be good. And then we'll cover the second half later. We're trying to find a, like a good normal break. And I had a couple of friends who vouched that that's a good place as any to break it, so that's where we're gonna break it. So, um, look forward to that. And then there'll be more anime because we got anime coming up. And I think that's everything. I do believe so. Yeah. Um, Rick, where can people find you? Uh, do you want to be found? <laughs> Combatler Rick V. Yeah. You hang and on the Discord. Discord. Yeah. yeah. Always posting the best uh, old stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being, and uh, you can find all our podcasts at normalmapping.com. There's a lot of them. Listen to listen to uh, Abnormal Mapping, our game club. It's good. It's good, yeah. You can uh, subscribe at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh, to get The Great Gundam Project for $1 a month and VoIP Life for $10 a month. Yeah. And Bloodbusters for five dollars a month. We have three tiers of podcasts. Jesus, we made too much work for ourselves, uh, but they're all good, and uh, you know they're worth whatever you want to pay. So yeah, um, that's it. I think we did it. I think we did a podcast. All right, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I'm focused on everything, but I don't know what's going on. Life slipping through my hands, but I'm steady holding on. Yeah, I'm hanging from a cliff, but I'm holding on. They want me to stop here, but my motor's on. Car's still moving, I'm still slanging boulders. The power's invested, I can feel it in my shoulders. I ain't got time to waste, I'm chosen. I'm losing my mind, I can't control it. Living through the chronic, or I'm slipping to the dark side. I soak the negative energy, then I spark mine. I'm living fast, I'm motivated, my thoughts racing. I hold it back for nobody, got no patience. Living through the chronic, Slipping to the dark side I suck the negative energy Then I spark mine I'm living fast, I'm motivated My thoughts racing I hold it back for nobody Got no patience Soul for the mischief Dirt under my fingernails Total chaos Only satisfied when people yell I be floating through the dark With an evil dwell And it get hot in my kitchen Yeah, I'm eating hell Praying for my enemies So they don't cross my path And see what I'm seeing Cause something ain't got enemy. And no doc can prescribe me a remedy My blood flows with a different type of chemistry Living through the chronic or I'm slipping to the dark side I soak the negative energy, then I spark this I'm living fast, I'm motivated, my thoughts racing I'm holding back for nobody, got no patience Living through the chronic or I'm slipping to the dark side I soak the negative energy, then I spark Slip into the dark side.